This is an ABC podcast. This autumn on the ABC comes the hottest new medical show on TV. There's drama. I need 20 cc's of butorphanol, stat! Quickly, we're losing him. Action! I just got a text. There's a bomb somewhere in the practice. Wait a second. It's in my stomach. That's why that sandwich I ate was so tangy. Romance. I love you, Dr. Carlette. I love you too, Dr. Carl, but I must return to my country. Dr. Carlette! Welcome to Vet Hospital Doctors. Doctors Molly and Carl are the best veterinarians in the game, working at Meowch Veterinary Clinic. Coming up tonight... They're asking me to remove this dog's reproductive organs. That means she'll never be able to have puppies. And then... This cat is very sick and in a lot of pain. I think the kindest thing might be to put him out of his misery. What should I do? Today on Short and Curly, it's time for some curly questions about your pets. This is Vet Hospital Doctors. Hello, and today you're listening to... Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. (laughs) Yay! Short and Curly! Short and curly. Oh, another day at Meowch. Morning, Dr. Carl. Morning, Dr. Molly. Boy, I love our job helping sick or injured animals. It's so rewarding. I agree. But some of what we do, it weighs on my soul. Yeah, loving animals this much hurts sometimes. Sometimes owners ask us to do things to animals we'd never do to a human, like put microchips in them cut their bits off, or even kill them. Attention all doctors. A murder of elderly crows has just escaped the crow ward. I repeat, look out for crows. Dr Molly, helping animals sure can be tricky at times. Not just for vets, but for anyone who owns a pet. Let's pause for a second to think about this. We'll ask a question, you pause the show, and hit play when you're ready to go again. Keeping in mind that vets are basically doctors for animals, think about when you go to the doctors and how you want to be treated. So our question is, do you think vets should treat animals the same way that doctors treat you? Or are there some differences? Hit pause now. Now, Dr Molly, let's walk and talk. Anything interesting on the agenda today? Why, yes. I'm working with a mini Saint Badoodle named Amalfador. Ah, I love mini Saint Badoodles. Who was the genius who thought to cross a poodle with a Saint Bernard? Brilliant, right? Well, I'm scheduled to de-sex her at 3pm. Hmm. And as you well know, Dr Molly, de-sexing is, of course, surgically preventing an animal from reproducing. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're taking out her uterus so she can never get pregnant and have puppies. Of course. We're such smart vets. <laughs> yes, but something's been eating me up inside. Oh, did you get worms from a dog again? Yeah, but something else too. Dr Carl, there's a whole lot more to de-sexing than just stopping pregnancies. And I don't know if I can go through with this operation. 
Doctors? Doctor. Doctor. Ah, how convenient. It's Dr. Matt Beard. He works in the ethics ward here at Meowch. Does anyone else think it's weird that we have an ethics ward at the vet? Or does that just mean? We were just talking about desexing. Ah, yes, a big talking point over in the ethics ward. One of the main reasons people support desexing is because sometimes pets have unplanned pregnancies. And when that happens, often the owners don't want to keep the babies, and those babies end up in shelters. Of course. And while some of those animals are adopted into homes, lots of them are put down. That's right. The idea is that less unwanted pregnancies means less animals being killed and less overall suffering. But that's about the big picture. The other question to ask is about whether desexing is good for the animal itself. Yes, 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 of course, of course. Some studies indicate that desexing can make some breeds of animals less likely to have certain health problems, which seems like a good thing. It is, though we have to be careful. In male dogs, desexing can cause more health complications. Don't we know it? We're vets. There are also some dogs who become less aggressive because they've been desexed, but there are others that become more aggressive. It depends on the animal and the breed. Exactly, Dr Molly. Sometimes in ethics, we find ourselves trying to decide whether something is always okay or always wrong. Most of the time, the answer to a question like, is it ethical to desex an animal, is going to be, it depends. And so, Dr Matt, in this case, what does it depend on? Well, for one thing, it depends if we're doing it for the good of the animal or the convenience of the owner. For example, we don't dock a dog's tail anymore because we know that that procedure is not good for the dog. And as we all know, docking is where you remove a dog's tail. It's been done in the past for lots of reasons, even just because people think it makes the dog look better. That's right. But it also means the dog can't use its tail to communicate with other dogs or with humans. Mm -hmm. Indeed, by wagging and stuff. Indeed. We banned tail docking because it takes away something really important from the dog, the ability to communicate. But desexing takes away something pretty important too, the ability to make babies. By deciding that desexing is okay, we're also deciding that it's not a big deal if animals never get to have kids. But why do we think that? Paging Dr Matt Beard to the ethics ward. Also, avoid the hallways on level three. Our Galapagos tortoises are in mating season and they'd like some privacy. Oh, that's my cue. Doctors? Doctor. Doctor? There's certainly a lot to consider there. I think it's time for another thinking question. And it's mine. What should I do? Should I desex little Amalfador the mini Saint Badoodle or not? Hit pause now. Ah, there's our brains trust sitting in the waiting room. What do you guys think about desexing? I think it's fine because you don't want to have lots of puppies running around, but if you do have too many, you might have to put them down or put them in a pound, which can cause them be putting down anyways, and they wouldn't be that happy. 
I think it can be a good option because at night some pets, especially cats, can kill native animals. So I think neutering can be like a good option so that that animal type doesn't overpopulate. My dog, he's been desexed. It does control their temper and yeah, you don't want them getting any diseases. My Zali is having puppies right now. I don't want to desex her because I haven't had a puppy. So I kind of want her to not be desexed so I can see some puppies. Unless there are people who can speak dog, then uh, yeah, I think we should be able to control what happens to them. When you say like, do we have complete control over it? It makes you sound like totalitarian, where it has to do everything that we say. But it's it's not. It can. I think it can choose. In some senses, they would have free will. My dog always wants to go on a walk every day, and we have to do it when it wants. We don't just go, oh, all right, look, it's time, let's go, because he's whining. So I'm like, oh, okay, he wants to go. But then in other cases, like with the neutering, we, we choose for it. It sometimes has free will and sometimes not. Attention all staff. A water snake has taken up residence in the plumbing system. Please check the toilets before sitting down. Dr. Carl, I feel terrible. I didn't ask what you have on today. Uh, I actually have a pretty hard day ahead. Why is that? Uh, well, a family has brought in their cat, Dusseldorf. He's pretty old and he's pretty sick. He's in a lot of pain and I'm going to have to have a tough conversation with them about whether to euthanise him. Oh, and euthanasia is, of course, as I was explaining to my interns earlier, killing an animal to end its suffering. It's sometimes called being put down or put to sleep. But I'm worried the family won't want to put Dusseldorf down, even though I think it's probably the best thing for him. What are you going to do? I don't know. I wish there was some kind of talk from, I don't know, an expert that could help me out. A short reminder to all staff that visiting fellow Dr Ari Endy's lecture Euthanising Pets Putting All Your Big Questions to Sleep is starting now in the Lord Blobfish Memorial Hall. Wow, that is very helpful. Let's go to that talk. Come on, Dr Molly. It's time for a dramatic fast walk. This way. Wait up, Molly. Left. Power walking. Duh. This way, Carl. There's the door. We made it. Clients a lot. It's already started. We missed the beginning. Let's grab a seat. The most common cause of death is euthanasia. The reason for that is we have a, a responsibility to make sure our animals don't suffer. And because of that, we don't usually let them die of their diseases because a lot of the diseases that they have will cause a lot of suffering and make them really sick, and it's just not fair. (laughs) Two of the more common reasons for euthanizing young animals, meaning, say, what, let's say, under six or seven, is they might have had some serious trauma, and unfortunately, uh, a reality of life is the cost of owning a pet, and if an animal's hit by a car and has uh, a broken spine or a broken pelvis, it needs significant costs to uh, fix that. Some people just can't afford it. 
Another very common and really sad reason is behaviour. There are some one or two year old dogs around that just have very serious anxiety or they might have nasty aggression and we can't help them as much as we'd like to and we try to help them as much as we can but sometimes they just can't be helped and they're not safe to have. The main issue that I see that's the stumbling block is that humans can consent to things whereas pets can't. What a lecture. Look at my arm. Real goosebumps. And we're not even in the geese ward. Yeah, and it really helped me with my problems. Come on, Dr Carl. Let's get back to our consultation room. That point Dr Ari made about how humans can consent but animals can't, I think that's why I'm finding it so hard with Dusseldorf the cat. Of course, consent... Dusseldorf can't make free choices like this and he can't understand all the facts. And that's what you need for consent. Dusseldorf can't do those things because, you know, he's a cat. And I reckon if Dusseldorf was able to consent to being euthanized, he probably would because he's having a really hard life. But I don't think the owners will be okay with that. Plus, I could be wrong about what the cat would want and what am I going to do? Whoa there, Carl. Shh, easy boy. I know what you need. 20 cc's of MB. Yes, please. Oh, wait, what's MB? Hello, Matt Beard. Doctors? Doctor. Doctor. What seems to be the problem? We've just been talking about euthanizing our pets. Mmm, yes. Probably the toughest ethical issue here at Meowch. We just heard from Dr Ari about how humans can consent and animals can't which makes deciding to euthanise an animal really tricky. That's true. And what makes it even trickier is that even though humans can consent, in Australia, euthanasia for humans, which we call assisted dying, is illegal. But even though animals can't consent, it's still legal to euthanise them. That's extremely confusing. It is. And we should spend more time talking about humans and euthanasia another time. But for now, let's talk about pets. Uh, yes please, given we are vets. Indeed. As far as we know, animals can't really consent to what's happening to them, which means all the responsibility for decisions about them fall to humans. For vets, the responsibility is to make a decision that is in the best interests of the animal. Usually... That means choosing the option that will cause the least suffering. That sounds like Carl's case. Dusseldorf, the cat he's caring for, is suffering pretty badly. Yeah, and it doesn't look like there's any way for him to have a good life anymore. He's in a lot of pain, and I think it's kinder to put him down. But I think the family will want to keep him alive. What about these kinds of situations? Any advice for us, Matt? Sometimes part of a vet's job is to help people to let go. When we love a person or a pet, we can be so scared of losing them that we'll hold on to them longer than we should. Carl, you should have a long chat with the owners. Try to help them to see why Dusseldorf can't live a good life anymore and why living longer just means suffering more. Well, when you put it like that, it actually sounds pretty straightforward. It can get more complicated, though. Do you remember that great story that Dr Ari told at the start of his lecture? 
We actually missed that. We were racing through the clinic to get there. Mm, it was extremely dramatic. Oh, well, let me catch you up. What did you say again? Let me get the voice right. Me, 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 me. <clears throat> there was a, an animal that had chronic skin disease. It was quite young. A dog, beautiful dog, maybe five or six years old. Chronic skin disease. It had lots of scabby sores on it. And we did quite a few things. And when we were doing intensive stuff with that dog, it healed. Um, maybe not 100%, but it was very comfortable. But it did take a lot of effort, and it took a lot of continuing effort on behalf of the owner. And the owner, um, they weren't very wealthy, but they were comfortable, and you know they could afford it. We did that for quite a while, and then eventually um, I got a call from the father, and he said, look, we, we just can't keep doing this anymore. Um, we want to euthanise our pet. But then he went on and said something to me that did get my back up a little bit. He said to me, um, we don't want to be present for it. And, uh, and it upset me. And I, you know, I think that people have to take responsibility for their pets. It's, it's not my job to take responsibility for someone else's pet. And the other thing was that it was more of a convenience thing in a sense because it was just hard work for them to keep up the dog's medical uh, treatments and things. So we talked about it a lot. I didn't just simply say no. I told him my concerns and we worked through it. But then he came back to me and said, look, we, we, we need to do this euthanasia. And I just said, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable doing it. And you'll have to find another vet. Wow, that's a really big decision from Dr Ari there. Right? It can't be easy to say no in situations like that. P.S. That was a ridiculously good impression, Matt. Flawless. Thanks, but try to focus on Dr Ari's story. Yeah, right. OK. Imagine if Dr Ari were able to ask for the dog's consent in that situation. What do you think the dog would say? Well, I think it would say no, right? It would just prefer to have someone keep treating its skin condition. For sure. But what if the owners stopped treating the skin condition? Then the dog has to choose between the suffering of having nasty sores all over its body and being put down. Now, it might choose to be put down in that situation, but that's because it's been asked to make an unfair choice. In a perfect world, there'd be lots of other options available for pets who needed medical care or someone else to take care of them so that euthanasia was only considered when there were no other options. Paging Dr Matt Beard to the ethics ward, there is an echidna with a tricky philosophical question. Excuse me, I'm needed elsewhere. Doctors? Doctor. Well, Molly, in the case of little Dusseldorf the cat, he is really unwell, and I'm pretty sure he won't get any better. There is much to consider in a case like this. Let's take a break for a short thinking question. Can you list some of the things we need to think about when trying to decide whether or not to euthanise a pet? Hit pause now. Dr. Carl, now it's time for us to decide what we're going to do. Are you going to desex a Malfador, the mini Saint Badoodle? Am I going to have to euthanize Dusseldorf the cat? I don't know, but we have to decide right now. On the next Vet Hospital Doctors. Come on, talk to me. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> You're a good boy. And more. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. Why won't this guinea pig sit still? 
I'm trying to help you. To be continued on Vet Hospital Doctors. Roll credits. Huge thanks to our Brains Trust, Sienna, Daniel, Eleanor, Eva, Kaizen and Letitia from Guardian Angels Primary School in Queensland. Thanks also to Dr. Ari Endy from VetAround. Plus, thanks to our team, Kyla Slavin, Jake Morecambe and Justine Kelly. This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs. Hey gang, do you have a little sister or brother who likes animals? If you do, you might want to tell them about a podcast called Animal Sound Safari. Each episode takes you across the world to meet a very special creature and tells you a really fun story about them. For example, they visit sloths in Costa Rica, bees in Lithuania and crocodiles in East Timor. You can find Animal Sound Safari via the ABC Listen app or Google or Apple Podcasts. Vet hospital doctors, woof, woof, meow.